This episode of the Adventure Jogger Podcast brought to you by James Bren, Adam, Thomas Devine, Krista, just Krista, who needs the last name when you're as awesome as Krista, uh, Chitra, Ragnathon, Sally Thompson, all of our Patreon supporters, and you, of course, looking right at you, the listener. The Adventure Jogger, a podcast about trail and ultra running. Meet fascinating runners from the front, middle, and back of the pack, sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running. Running should be fun, and so should running podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is The Adventure Jogger. Well, look at that. We're back together again. Thank you so much for downloading this episode of The Adventure Jogger. We are going to get to know one Adrian Cooper. A man who has had running in his life from growing up in New Hampshire, being a middle schooler on a high school cross-country team, coaching college cross-country, having running taken away from him, and then finding it again later in life. It all goes full circle with Adrian Cooper. By the way, Adrian, you can find him on YouTube under Mountain Man. That's because he's got a lot of metal in one of his ankles. That story's coming up all on this episode of The Adventure Jogger. Adrian Cooper, how are you, man? Doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Thanks for coming on the podcast. I've been looking forward to chatting with you for a while. Oh, have you? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, I will say that, of course, this is audio and and no one can see this, but you have what could be, quite frankly, the most magnificent mustache I have ever seen on a man. That is <laughs> a thing so of beauty much. right there. <laughs> Thank you. It, it's really funny because uh, my my brother and my father um, kind of, they're both, uh, I don't know if you describe them as bears, but very hairy <laughs> men. Um, and I I can't grow a full beard. And so I, I didn't have facial hair until like two or three years ago because I was like, I just can't do it. Uh, I had a little goatee once in a while. Yeah. Um, but... Um, yeah, so a couple of years ago, kind of around COVID, I was like, "Ah, nobody can see me. I'm at home. <laughs> let me <laughs> let me try it." And so, give it a couple of months, and yeah, it filled in really full. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the jokes on them because the both both of them are uh, are pretty bald. <laughs> and well, I've got a full head. Of yeah, hair, look, so. full head of hair. You know, it's the same <laughs> thing with my brothers. My brothers can grow a beard, and my dad can grow a beard just thinking about it. Yeah, you know, they yeah. can just like like concentrate real hard, and a full beard will will pop out. And yeah. I can't for the life. Of, I've I've tried numerous times to grow a beard, and I just look like I've got like radiation sickness. It looks like <laughs> I was like a Chernobyl or something. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I, I guess on the just the sides, like I can't grow sideburns. I can't grow anything on my cheeks there. Um, but the mustache is like here we are. <laughs> I did the same thing you did. I I grew a mustache about three years ago. And it took me forever, like way mm-hmm. longer than it, than it should, right? Yeah. And I remember, like, I loved it. My wife hated it. I loved it. And then we were at a wedding, my wife and I, and a kid came up to me and said, what are you supposed to be, like Commissioner Gordon or something? It's <laughs> <laughs> was like, I guess, yeah. 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 I was really concerned uh, about uh, my wife. I think I grew it kind of uh, like the November through christmas time she was going away and you know, again at covid so she yeah. she went um she and her sister went to see her mom 
And, you know, because that was right, you know, still when everything was pretty serious, I, I didn't go. And uh, I was like, she's going to hate this. She's going to hate this because she doesn't like the goatee. Right, right. Uh, but she was like, no, nah, I don't mind it. <laughs> and so every every couple of months I asked, I'm like, is this okay? And she's like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'm going to keep it. <laughs> like, hey, it's time for our, sit down. It's time for our monthly check-in. This still working for you? Because I, yeah. I can bail on it if it's not. Yeah. I think it's funny yeah. because um, for the longest time, the, the mustache – in the 80s, when Tom Selleck had it, it mm. was the epitome of masculinity. You know, you're, you're hitting everything because uh, last Halloween, we went to Halloween, and I was like, I'm going to be Tom Selleck. <laughs> <laughs> so I just got a Hawaiian shirt, and I got some sunglasses, some aviators, and that's that was it. That's all I did. <laughs> no, and it's funny because at some point... At some point, you know, Magnum PI goes off the air, and then mm-hmm. and then uh, mustaches become something that child molesters are associated mm-hmm. with, and gay porn stars. And so, if any man that grew a mustache, people yeah. looked at you like, are, what, "What are you doing in your spare time? And are you on some sort of registry?" <laughs> right, exactly. And I feel like recently, because of guys like Pedro Pascal who's mm. basically in every single television show ever and, yeah, yeah. and, and miles teller in uh, top gun maverick yeah 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 all of a sudden now people are going you know what i think the mustache is okay <laughs> yeah yeah i like i said i i um so that after that race after that uh like kind of thanksgiving christmas period i, I did a race a local race yeah. uh the uari 40 miler yeah and i came back and uh my wife took a picture of me with the, you know, with the pottery that I want. Uh, and uh, that pottery, look at that beautiful pottery. Yeah. And, uh, and I posted it on Facebook and people were like, Adrian, I think there's a strange man in your house. <laughs> <laughs> who's so. the child molester posing with and your who's, wife? <laughs> who's that guy? Yeah. So. Yeah. What did so, you take? Yeah. What did you take in, in that race to get that beautiful piece of pottery? I so said I was just finisher. Um, so I think I end up running like a nine fifteen in that race. I've, I've, well, and I'm sure we'll go into like yeah. my history, but I've done the twenty miler and I've come yeah. in third in that race before. That's nice. Um, but for this, this, this one, it was just uh, it was my second time doing the forty, uh, and I, I ran like a fifteen minute PR. Uh, um, yeah. And so I ran like a nine fifteen. It's a very I don't. You're. I know you're fairly local. Have you heard yeah. of that? Race? I have. Yeah, I have. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh rocky. It's it's hilly, but it's like up and down, up and down, like half yeah. a mile up, half mile down. Uh, nothing crazy long, but very technical. I do um, love like the old school races that have unique finishers pieces. Oh like, yeah. Oh yeah. You, people can't see again because we're just talking audio here. But it's exactly it, you got a you got a, a handmade piece of pottery. Yeah. Is was your finishers the, uh, thing. This is what I got for the third place. Which is like um, this beautiful handmade ceramic yeah, vase. Yeah, they're all handmade. Everything's handmade. This one is hand-painted. Um, and uh, so that was the, that's the big, like, top three yeah, kind of award. Yeah. But they, um, you know, they, they do all sorts of uh, interesting pieces every year. That's uh, so for, cool. For finishers. And then, you know, and then if you place, you get bigger, but made by the same person. Uh, yeah. Well, Let's yeah, let's be honest stuff. for a second here. You know, and, and, and again, people can't see it because it's audio. But you're in a nice little den. You got a nice metal finishing area. Got your finishing metals behind you. But yeah. like, 
this metals aren't a conversation piece right right exactly yeah yeah but you've got that on you you put that piece of pottery on your mantle and someone comes over and says like hey What's the deal with that pottery? You're like, oh man, sit down. Because here comes <laughs> a boring you. story about running, I'm going to tell you. Right. <laughs> you know, hey, you know, I run every day. I did a running in a place that gave me that. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. No, and it's so cool to find races that give unique finishers yeah, yeah. items. Because how many pint glasses do you need where the logo rubs off after two times in the dishwasher? Yeah, yeah. I've got, uh, you know, you got your, your kitchen cabinets. And then you've got the top of your kitchen cabinet. Yes. That's where all those things go. <laughs> right. It's like you can see them. Uh, there's too many to use all of them. You know, you probably use the same three over yeah. and over again. Uh, so it's like, yeah, okay. I've done But it. yeah, I love that kind it's, of stuff. Yeah, it's so cool. I, I, I did a race once where um, I got a beach towel, an embroidered beach towel mm-hmm. um, for, for a finisher's you know, trophy. And I've got, there was one, I did the Kettle Moraine 100 before they switched to Buckles. So like the okay. last year that, because it, for the longest time that race, if you finished, you got a little copper kettle that oh, said nice. Kettle 100 finisher on there. And that then, crazy. yeah, the winner of the race got a big copper kettle that said wow. Kettle Moraine finisher. And That's then, of amazing. course, they went to buckles because everybody wanted a buckle because you can't wear yeah. a kettle. I tried right. wearing that kettle and people just thought <laughs> just thought that was weird. But it, Man, he must be thirsty. <laughs> what, what, is that on, what is that on your belt? It's a kettle. Let me tell you about the kettle. Um, but Adrian, let's talk about you. This is all about you. Where, where did uh, Adrian Cooper grow up? I grew up in a tiny place in New Hampshire. Um, so right... If you look at New Hampshire's basically a triangle, like right in the center of New Hampshire, right mm-hmm. in the lakes region. Um, so not that far from the mountains. I uh, I grew up right on the uh, the Pemigewasset Merrimack River. Basically, mm-hmm. it's the same river. It just changes names yeah, <laughs> at a certain yeah. point. Um, yeah, like our land went right down to the river. Um, I was like a couple of miles from a lake. I lived at the base of uh, Carter Mountain. Uh, yeah, you know, kind of place that you can run down the street in the middle of the night. You're not going to see a single car. Um, I, uh, you know, we had a lot of land. My grandmother, you know, we lived across the street from my grandmother, so she had land, and then we had we had like five acres. She had like sixty something acres, yeah. and then uh, there's a dirt road that went all the way up to the mountain. You can run over the mountain to the other side, <laughs> and then you're on the other side of the town, and you can run back through town. Um, so kind of, uh, like a trail runner's dream. Um, just, uh, and I, I'm an introvert. I've been introvert my whole life. Uh, so that kind of thing just appealed to me like, Hey, it's a Saturday. I'm just gonna, you know, not all of it was like, I'm training for something. A lot of times it was, uh, okay. I'm like 14, 15. I have a dirt bike. I'm going to just ride the power line trails. I'm going to ride up and over this mountain. Then I'm going to tr- run back, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, kind of, kind of, uh, idyllic new England. Growing up in a mountain town in the middle of new yeah. Hampshire, which is so mm-hmm. cool. What is it like growing up with pretty much your own mountain? I mean, grandma's got 60 acres, you know, you're across the street, five acres. You've got these beautiful mountains, which, are just kind of your playground. I, yeah, it, it was it was incredible. I mean, I I, I don't 
you you know that show 30 on 30 it's like the espn show about athletes yeah so i always think of the episode with uh i think it was kyle petty and he he always talks about people say hey what was it like having richard petty as your dad and and he's like well he was my dad like so that's the way i approach a lot of things it's like well for me it was normal like it was just like that was it yeah so but yeah i you know i i our, like I said, our our land went right down to the river. I <laughs> I used to uh, so in high school, if you went on the road, it was two miles. Um, so you kind of went down the road, you went across the bridge, and then went you know you know you went down the road. So it was two miles down the road. But our land went down to the river. The high school was on the other side of the river. I used to row a boat. Cool, <laughs> like. Yeah, I had a rowboat, and like I, I, I would get carsick on the bus, and again, being a small town, we, it would it would take like over an hour to get to school. Even though it was two miles, they would yeah. drop us off at the elementary school. We'd wait there for half an hour, then another bus would pick us up. We'd drive all over the countryside. And I was like, I, this is, I can't take this. So I would go to the bottom of the hill, and I would take a rowboat directly across the river, tie the boat up on the other bank. And then climb up the bank, and, and there I was. You are the and, first uh, guest I've ever had that rode a boat <laughs> to school. It, I mean, it was a lot of fun. High school was a lot of fun. We would do uh, like, I, again, I, I grew up in this mountainous area, and and for some practices, we would run by my house. We I, I lived at the base of the mountain, so we'd run by my house. We'd run up the mountain. Uh, you know, it's about two miles all uphill. And in high school, you know, you're running five, seven. And something miles yeah and so we'd come back down and when we get to my house i would then race everybody back to school because i would run down to the river and swim across the river <laughs> and climb up the bank while they ran across <laughs> the two miles or, or over the bridge um so yeah that's the kind of stuff i did growing up it's funny because so many times our parents tell us like you know when i went to school i had to walk uphill <laughs> Both ways <laughs> yeah. in the snow. And you're like, yeah, oh, yeah, whatever. And I'm sure, <laughs> you know, you, you tell people like, yeah, I used to have to row a boat to school. Oh, bullshit, Adrian. You have to row a boat <laughs> to school. And you're like, no, no. In fact, I yeah. did have to row a boat yeah. to school. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I did that uh, every day. Um, and then I, I, I was on the water all the time. I loved the water. We had like, we had the, we had the rowboat. We had a little like sunfish sailboat, you know like 10 or 12 feet like a couple of people um so that was a lot of fun isn't it crazy to think your upbringing which sounds like it's a lot of time outdoors mm. you know just playing around in the mountains and rowing a boat to school and you know right riding your dirt bike around the mountains that that's really foreign for a lot of people in the rest of the country and especially now like the mm. just the i'm sure your your parents are like yeah 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 we'll see you at dinner time right. And right. spending all that time out in the woods. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really interesting because my wife um, is from Manhattan. She grew up in New York City, and oh it's God. completely the opposite. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have a uh, in our living room. We have a uh, two um, National Geographic maps of like our hometowns, and it's like those population maps. <laughs> and mine is just like all green like a river nothing and then hers is like the whole thing is red because <laughs> the population so like yeah we have those next to each other so yeah we grew up a very very differently um, so so this gives you kind of an opportunity to see 
the unusualness of your upbringing mm. through your wife's eyes, what was it like for a Manhattan gal to all of a sudden go visit you? I'm taking you home to visit mom and dad and grandpa. Yeah. And here she is now in the middle of nowhere mountains in New Hampshire. Yeah, she, she was prepped for it a little bit because I I think around, sometime in high school they moved out to uh, Pittsfield, Mass, uh, which is out in the Berkshires. Yeah. Um. So she she had some taste of like, uh, but again, I think you know, in, you know, Pittsfield is a half an hour or something like that from Albany. Right. Um. You know, she still goes into the city all the time. Um. But yeah, we went up there and uh, we drove around the lake, Newfound Lake. Uh, and uh you know i for me like i'm also a car guy so i i love and a motorcycle guy yeah. so i love like the, oh let's drive down these back roads or create you know and you know she's like car sick within, <laughs> within 20 minutes because it's just up and down and left and right and just all over this place like my dad would drove us someplace and my dad's definitely one of those like sunday driver kind of guys so it's like oh let's go out to let's go out to dinner and, you know and i know the restaurant's 15 minutes away, but it took us an hour and a half to get there right. because we're going around the lake and we're doing all this other stuff. So, uh, yeah, I mean, she definitely appreciated the beauty of it. Um, but she is definitely somebody who's like, well, I can just walk down the street and get whatever I want. And we, we recently <laughs> visited New York for a wedding and, uh, I, I definitely can see the appeal on that side of like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to get up. I want a good bagel. I don't have to make it. I can just go down the street and there it is. And it's like good food. It's not like, Oh, let's go get, you know, some fast food. (laughs) Oh yeah, for sure. And I think the appeal of New York city is there's everything right at your fingertips, but the downside is you have to uh, be a a Silicon Valley millionaire to be able to afford a place where you'd want to live. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we watched, um, some YouTube videos and, and like real estate, just apartments and stuff. I'm like, what? Like I could buy a car. For, like, and again, as a car guy, I'm like, I could buy a car for two months rent. I could just buy a car that I want. Right. You are going to love this 40 square foot apartment. You have to sleep standing up because it's not wide enough for you to lay down. Oh, and it's only going to cost you $7,500 a month. Yeah. And that doesn't oh, yeah. include the HOA fees. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I, I, yeah. And again, I can watch it with her and appreciate like, yeah, that's a cool, you know, that's a cool place. That's a cool apartment. I mean, it's tiny and I would never spend that much money on. Right. I was like, yeah, I, I could get, or, or we could get four more houses. <laughs> right. Here, 40 square feet. <laughs> Four thousand square feet. What, yeah, what, what are yeah, you thinking? Exactly. Um, yeah. Running is it? Is it always a part of your life? Growing up in the mountains, were you, you know, on, on the track team in high school, the cross country team, and that sort of thing? Uh, yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah, I. Uh, my dad uh, early in my life was in the military, um, so he was gone a lot. And then when he got out, I, I, I listened to your podcast recently about the mailman. My dad used to be a mailman. He, really? And he, he, he made his way up to a post postmaster. But at this time, he uh, he just started in uh, the postal service. Yeah. And, you know, to training and gone a lot. And so so one weekend, he's like, well, I'm going to go for a run. And I didn't, I didn't really know what that meant. But I was like, can I go? You know, because I just want to spend time with him. Yeah. And so we ran the two miles from the high, from my house to the high school and we ran around the track and at a point, certain point, like we stopped before we 
you know, then I went back and I just remember this feeling when I stopped running, I, it was like one of those things, you know, when you do an exercise for the first time and you have that, like, Oh, my legs want to keep doing this. Like, it just seems like you're stopping and your legs are like, no, let's keep going. Um, and so I was like, this is, this is awesome. Like I, and you know, I was like, I ran, you know, to, at that point, I don't know, 10, 11 years old. I'm like, I ran from my house to this place that was far away. And then I ran there and now I'm running back. Like, it just felt like, wow, like this is cool. Um, so that was there. And then, um, my, I had a, a girl who was like my best friend and then eventually became my high school girlfriend. And, and again, like lived a mile down the road, also in the woods, they had a, a Christmas tree farm and lots of land there. And I would, I would run, we would go over, I would go over there and we'd like run around the woods and like race each other. And I remember her dad also saying, man, you're the fastest runner I've ever seen. And yeah, who knows if he's just <laughs> saying that or, but it was like one of those things where I was like, cool. Like I'm good at this, I guess. Um, and so, yeah, I started running in middle school. Uh, I would run high school races in middle school. Uh, and then I went to, uh, Mars Hill. It's now Mars Hill university, but it was Mars Hill college right outside of Asheville. Yeah. Um, division two, uh, basically uh, I got scholarship there for that. Uh, well, I, I used to be, and I, I like to think I still am, but I used to be very athletic. And so I was, I got a scholarship for a cross country track and lacrosse. Uh, and I played on the football team and I did intramural basketball. Um, and, uh, for, as far as the cross country team goes, I, <laughs> I was on the first team that won a conference championship there oh, and wow. they, we won 18 years in a row. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't there the whole time, but I started, I was on the team that started that whole like kind of dynasty. Yeah. Um, if you were there for 18 years, I'd be addressing you as Dr. Cooper. Yeah. As well. <laughs> <laughs> or when are you going to get your, your, when are you going to get your bachelor's degree right, now? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, and it's, it's really fun because there's a local race director who, um, who also went to school there, but several years after, mm. And, uh, yeah, sometimes it's kind of embarrassing, but it's definitely very flattering. Like I'll, I'll go do some of his races. And when I get up to the front I'm getting my bib and he's like, this is Adrian Cooper. He was on the first team. Like, he'll tell, tell that to like everybody in line. And I'm like, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's a very, it, it, I had, I had a lot of good, like high school, college experiences and, you know, all, all conference and things like that. Um, first of all, I want to say, I don't know if the life story you're telling is true or the plot of a Hallmark <laughs> Christmas movie, because it just sounds like it's just, it's just too perfect, Adrian. What about the camaraderie? I know that, you know, I was in the track team. I, was, I did not do cross country. I did track completely different. Mm -hmm. You experienced cross country from middle school. And as a middle schooler racing with high schoolers, that's always mm -hmm. interesting, too. Um, but what was that dynamic like of being a middle schooler racing with high schoolers? Uh, I can't, I, again, I feel like I didn't really like, I felt like, Oh, this is really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, but I didn't, I don't think I recognize how rare that was. Um, because, uh, like, uh, so again, in a small town, right. All of my teachers 
were my parents' teachers. <laughs> so I knew all these people. So it was kind of like, oh, this guy I know who happens to coach the cross country team is like, hey, come and race with us. Um, so, and uh, so the middle school was in downtown Bristol. Uh, but the high school was again, like I said, two miles away. So I used to run there all the time anyway. Uh, so it was, it was, it was a cool experience. And, uh, my, my parents, so oh, I don't have it up behind me, but my parents had taken a picture of me in the middle school. And I, I think in this high school race, I got like sixth. And so I have a picture of me holding up this index card, like sixth. And then later on, I went to coach, uh, high school and college. And uh, so on this picture they have printed on it, it says uh, something like uh, Coach Cooper, first victory of many to come or something like that. Wow. Um, so it, it was it was a lot of fun because uh, not only was this guy, uh, Coach Earl Mills, who was a high school coach and was then became my high school coach, was also my dad's coach yeah. <laughs> like 20 years ago. So. <laughs> Uh, 20 years before so so yeah it was a lot of fun it, you know so that camaraderie and um again as as an introvert it was it was interesting because i liked uh being good mm-hmm. at things but and i liked racing with people but i i didn't really hang out with a lot of people outside of school i was kind of like you know that's a school thing and that's what i do at school and then at home you know other than um, you know, my, my best friend, my girlfriend, my eventual girlfriend, I didn't really hang out with many people outside of school. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, did you build an identity? Cause here, I mean, it's, it is unusual for a middle school kid. You're, you're the, you're the party trick of that high school team. You're, you know, Oh, Hey, there's the middle school kid. Did, yeah. did that really define you through your middle and high school years? You were Adrian, the runner. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, the other thing that I was really big into in uh, high school and in college and middle school was music. Uh, I was uh, I played saxophone. I went to school. I started off at school. Uh, in addition to athletic scholarships, I went went to school on a music scholarship. Um, so I don't know. Like I said, I wasn't really in circles <laughs> very much. Yeah. Like. I, I hung out with the band kids when I was in band class. I hung out with, you know, uh, you know, the, the, um, you know, that the basketball kids didn't, I didn't really get along with them too well. I mean, again, I think that was more of me being kind of an introvert and awkward and yeah. that kind of thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's interesting to think about like how, I think that's always an interesting thing to but think, think about is like how other people perceive you. Right, because uh, especially now that I'm doing YouTube, and it's like, oh, <laughs> oh yeah, like things like you would never think that uh, people have a certain perception of you. But um, yeah, I, I would think that I was uh, probably yeah, I have ADHD and some, like I said, some anxiety, and I'm the kind of kid who sits at the front of the class and like the the teacher asks a question and like nobody answers, and I'm like what's happening like what <laughs> like what so i'm like the guy raising my hand right, all the right. time and like okay yeah i'll answer every single question you're asking throughout the whole class so i don't know i i probably had a, a reputation of oh that, that kid cooper 
<laughs> I don't know. And again, I don't know if people then look at that and be like, well, I'm glad he's here, so I don't have to answer these questions. Or right. like, oh, I wish this guy would shut up. <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> so growing up, though, middle school and high school, you're this introvert. You're mm. doing the team sports. You're in the band. But really, you just want to be on your own. When you get home, you just want to be on your own, yeah. on your parents' property, on grandma and grandpa's property, going yeah, out in yeah. the woods and just being by yourself. When you go to college, and and the college team is is seeing some success. Mm. I mean, for you to run on a college team and then to win, how does the how does the introvert handle college cross country success? Uh, kind of. Actually, I I was somebody who really pushed and and for most of my college career i had a single room mm-hmm. um there were a couple of years uh my freshman year i think i was I, I was roommate with uh, a fellow band member um and it, it, it throughout college it was really interesting the progression because my freshman year i think our cross country team had five six seven people maybe um and and this is the year that i always like kind of like you know, you shake your fist. Ah! Uh, so Elon College, uh, which is now Division One, mm-hmm. uh, that freshman year they were had transitioned to D- Division One, but through some kind of loophole, a couple of their teams were still Division Two. So my freshman year, they beat us, uh, and I was always like, "Well, does it really count? Because really, Division One, <laughs> right, right? The rest of all your programs are Division One, and they're sticking your cross country yeah, team in Division yeah. Two." Uh, but so like that year and the next year, the program grew a, grew a little bit, but it was still like kind of the, like everybody counts. Like we need everybody, like everybody needs to show up. Everybody needs to run. And I wasn't always the best at that. Um, as far as uh, I, I feel like I was talented, but not always the hardest worker or the yeah. most motivated. But then like junior, senior year and I ended up being captain, but like lots, there were a lot of people and like, I don't know. I, I enjoyed the, like, everybody needs to be here. Everybody showed up as opposed to, like, okay, now it's junior, senior year. We're dominating. Like, we can just roll in and half the people don't have to show up and we're still going to win. Like, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but as far as, like, I yeah, my sophomore year was kind of, like, we all, the whole cross-country team had a floor in the dorm. And there was a lot of, like, hanging out and, you know, and this is a Baptist. I mean, I'm not religious, uh, but it, it was a Baptist college, so they got a lot of rules right. as far as yeah, uh, yeah, no alcohol for sure. Even if you, even if you are of age, and uh, at that point, I think it, it definitely transitioned as I was in the school. But it was like no girls in the dorm, so it was basically like uh, a bunch of guys hanging out. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the guys got into fraternities, and I didn't really see the point of that because I'm like, well, I'm already kind of in one because we're all on the same team and we're all on the same floor and we're all hanging out all the time. Yeah. So why would I pay for that? Right. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, again, I, I don't disrespect anybody that does that. I Again, I, I wasn't involved in that, so I don't know what the intricacies of it. But at that time, I was like, I don't get it. Like, I'm hanging out with all these guys that I like. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but 
after that sophomore year, I I had a private room for the rest of my uh, high school, uh, my college career. I just I I just like my own space. I like to um, I I don't sleep. I I never really have slept. Uh, really? I still kind of have insomnia. I slept like four or five hours a night, maybe. Um, so I was up all the time and, um, and <laughs> I, had a, I had a really great roommate, uh, my sophomore year, uh, but he was somebody that, that wakes up in the morning and just <laughs> like everything, he just talks and talks yeah, and talks. Yeah. And I'm like, will you shut up? Like, <laughs> but I loved him and we got along great, but that was the one thing I was like, oh my God, we saw, and then. I, I would have stayed with him, but he transferred out. And so then after that, I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to, I can't handle this. How amazing though, that here you are, this introvert with insomnia. And if there was ever a sport for introverts that can't sleep, man, yeah. oh man, later in life, you would find just the <laughs> ticket. All of the things that you love so much. You love running, box yeah. checked. You can't yeah. sleep very well, box checked. You know, you like being on your being alone, you know, in yeah. the woods, box checked. It was almost like mountain ultra trail running was made was custom made just for yeah. Adrian Cooper. Yeah, it's interesting because my first hundred, I was like, I don't know how I'm gonna deal with this like overnight stuff. And uh, you asked my wife, you asked my my parents who crewed for me or my pacers, and they're like, you're fine the whole time. Like I never got loopy and never got like, uh, where am I? I was just like. All right, I'm coming into the A station. This is what I need. This is what I want. I got to change my shoes. I got to, uh, you know, like I, I, for some reason, I always crave chocolate milk. I got to have my chocolate milk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I do think <laughs> for, for all the other problems it may cause, I, I do feel like insomnia has, has helped with the ultra running. <laughs> it's giving you the uh, leg up. Um, yeah. Before you found ultra running, you get out of college. Mm-hmm. Did mm-hmm. you just, did you keep? running as a part of your life once you stepped out of college or were you like listen i've done this in middle school high school college i need a break from this uh it kind of was the opposite of that i i i so i told you before i i started as a music major um being a music major and doing like four sports does not work right uh you know marching band is on saturdays with the football games that's when cross country meets are and 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 i i loved playing the saxophone but i I didn't see myself as a teacher so i switched to uh sports management um and at that time sports management was kind of a new field yeah um so in the south it kind of sprung out of like physical education and in the north which i ended up transferring um it came out of business school so in the South, I was like, well, let's take basic athletic injuries, like individual skill labs were like teaching people how to play golf. and Right, right. And, and then the, uh, dance skill lab and, uh, you know, things like that. And then when I transferred, it was sports law. Uh, here's marketing, mar- uh, facilities management kind of thing. And so... I finished my four year because I switched my major... I finished my four years of eligibility at Mars Hill, but I still had more schooling to do. Yeah. At the time, uh, Mars Hill, I think when I started, it was like $12,000. And by the time I left, it was like $35,000. And I, 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 I can't come. I can't, if I don't have scholarship, I can't be here. Right, right. So I transferred uh, to Southern New Hampshire University, uh, which 
at that time, again, was transitioning from New Hampshire College to Southern New Hampshire University. Yeah. And, and, and it, as an aside, it's really funny because when I went to school there, it was a small business school. Um, and like my grandfather had gone there, my aunt had gone there. And now it's like, oh, the online school. I'm like, <laughs> well, okay, yeah, I guess. It wasn't always the <laughs> online school. That's right. But um, because I was a sports management major, uh, when I showed up there, I, I ran with the team, the cross-country team there, but not like officially. I just right. was like, hey, do you mind if I practice with you guys? Uh, but I ended up getting uh, an internship uh, with the uh, athletic director uh, as the inter- intramural athletic director. That was my internship. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was, again, like these things that just fall into place and you're like, I don't know how this happened, but here it is. <laughs> right, right. Um, and another thing that kind of happened was the guy who was coaching uh, that that year, that kind of last year of my undergrad, was a local guy from Londonderry, New Hampshire, which was a very good local high school program. And the guy who had been coaching there for decades retired. And so this guy, Paul, like took that job. And I was like, I applied for the head coaching job yeah. at a university right out of college. Yeah. And uh, there were a couple of other things that kind of fell into place. Uh, somebody, I was going to be the assistant coach, like the, the athletic director said, well, I'm going to give this guy the head coaching job and you can be the assistant. That guy never showed up. <laughs> so then I was now the head coach <laughs> at a university, uh, you know, at like 22. Uh, he never showed up like, listen, you know, we're not quite sure we're going to give you the full-time gig yet. We got this other guy coming in. Uh, we're going to, you're going to be his assistant for a while. And then all of a sudden you must get a call like, Hey, haven't heard from the dude hasn't shown up. So by default, it is now your program. Yeah, it, it was interesting. The timing was really interesting because this was 2001. Yeah. Um, and with nine 11. And so, uh, I got I, my first, I got mar- my first, marriage i i got married on <laughs> september 1st so right before you know 10 days yeah. before 9 11 and i went on my honeymoon and then i showed up uh, you know at the university you know I, again i was uh, uh well so as part of the coaching they were like well we'll pay for your master's degree so i was going to school there as well yeah um and uh so i showed up to practice and the guys were like well, we haven't seen anybody like <laughs> And so I talked to the athletic director. I was like, hey, did you know that Paul's not, uh, you know, he's not here? Uh, or Kevin, I'm sorry. And uh, and he was like, oh, what? So he tried to find him and eventually got in touch with him. But, um, but yeah, I was like, yeah, here you are, you're the head coach. You're 22 years yeah. old, and all of a sudden you went from Adrian Cooper to Coach Coop. Yep, yep, yep. And, uh so it was it was a lot of fun it it really reminded me of like my first year in college where it's like i've got five guys in fact i can't can't remember if it's the first year or the second year uh my brother needed to he had gone to uh, northeastern and then he left school and then was interested in going back and so i was like well i'll talk to them see if i can kind of get you in but you have to be on my coast country team yeah and he's like a, you know, he's like, I'm so I'm five seven, and at the time I was like one fifty something. Yeah. He was like five nine, like 
180, 200, something like like right. built though. Big you know, guy, yeah. To give you an idea, he's a state trooper now. So yeah. that kind of yeah. that kind of guy. And uh, so, uh, yeah, he was on the team. Uh, I think he was like my sixth guy and I did actually have to have him run one time because uh, we had commuters and stuff and they didn't, he, somebody didn't make it. And so you're the bad news there. bears. You're the bad <laughs> news bears across country. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he was, he was not really feeling it that much, but, uh, he basically, uh, you know, he's got the, at, at, at this race, they had the, um, trailing, uh, golf cart and there was a, I, I I'm gonna say he found her cute. <laughs> this woman that was this girl that was you know this college girl that was driving, and so he basically just jogged and talked to her the whole time. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're and, not getting finished. points for this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he finished, and he uh, and you know so we scored at that race again. It was kind of like you know we're last, but it was fun. Um, Your but, brother <laughs> flirting with the golf cart girl. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it was it was a good time, um, but it, eventually it that uh, grew into a, an actual program. And uh, we in two thousand three they had this um, the small schools state championship, yeah. uh, which is kind of an informal thing, um, and, and we ended up winning that. So that was kind of my first like oh, as a coach, like yeah. We did something. So running's a part of your life. We've we've talked about that story. And all of a sudden now you're 22 years old. You're thinking, okay, I'm going to learn from this head coach how to be a coach of a cross-country team. Mm-hmm. He doesn't show up, doesn't tell anybody. And now you're 22 years old and you have to basically take your love of running, your experience of running, mm-hmm. and, and try, to, try to turn that into you know, a program and – in coaching kids in running there had to be a lot of growing pains with that well yeah and the and the thing that uh, just to bring it back as an introvert is really hard for me to uh to restrict yeah <laughs> so i had an assistant coach she's great uh her name's jamie and she eventually she took the program over um but uh yeah i i had a, my first assistant coach was uh this guy sid slark who uh eventually took over the women's program and then Jamie took over the men's program. But yeah, it was, it was a lot of, um, you know, this is what worked for me. I, 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 I did a lot of my own training, especially over the summers. And, and, uh, I, I've always been kind of a, um, uh, technology nerd. Uh, so back in, you know, the nineties, yeah. I was heart rate monitor training. Like I was doing that over the summers. I, I, I was like hard day, easy day, you know, it, it, hard days. I'm, I'm going in this zone, easy days. If I have to walk, you know, as, you know, yeah. on a, as a guy on a, a successful program, I, you know, whatever, this is the science. This is what I'm going to do. Um, so I, I felt comfortable, uh, building programs as far as like training programs. Um, I thought the the thing that was more difficult was uh, like egos and differing abilities and um, you know trying to build a program. I had you know I had some guys that were like you know talented, yeah. um, but we're also like well you know I'm going to be like the 
number one guy on your team, so I deserve this much scholarship. And I, I, I don't think that a lot of people understand how scholarships work. Um, yeah. And you can't give all your scholarship away. Like, so say if you have five scholarships. Right. You have five total scholarships. It's not five scholarships a year. So if you have five scholarships and you give them away the first year, you don't have any money until those people are gone. Exactly. Yeah. So, so that was hard to manage. And, and also, you know, again, I'm, I'm figuring this out as I go. Um, and then you also have kids who want to really do well. Um, but you know, they get injured running at 30 miles, but, oh, but my, my friend, you know, uh, UMass Lowell, he's running 110 miles a week and this is what his coach is having him do. And it's like, well, you, you know, you can't, you know, if you could handle it, I would do that. Right. Everybody's perfect. Everybody's different. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I, you know. I can't tell you to run 110 miles a week if you can't run 30 for three weeks in a row without getting injured. Exactly. Um, um, so that 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 kind of stuff was really the big learning curve. And just the egos. I mean, you get a bunch of young men who are now away from mom and dad, mm-hmm. and they they think they're adults because they're 18. When you're 18, you have everything figured out. Your parents yeah. know nothing, and you yeah. are going to change the world. Yeah. And it's and, not right. and also, if you're like on a team with five people, you're the top five on the team. <laughs> right, 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 <laughs> so, right. It's like, oh, I'm top five. It's like, well, well, yeah. We're also last. <laughs> right, so. right, right. I do want to point out for our young listeners that we, you know, when Adrian was heart rate training, that was before heart rate monitors. So he had to have a doctor follow him along his route and then just check his pulse from time to time. It was very strange, it was very expensive. Yeah, yeah, I, I would do that, and I and I, you know I I probably had the first polar heart rate monitor, <laughs> right? The old ones, yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I I don't I didn't have a doctor follow me around too much, but <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm also the first one of those people that had like the first uh, Garmin two hundred ones, the the thing that's basically the size of your iPhone twelve. Yes, yes. <laughs> you, know, you strapped on your wrist, and you're like. And it, but it, it, but it's like LCD, like yes, and you got, it's like you an got old digital watch, yes. but it's like the size of your phone. You got three hours, maybe total yeah, yeah. battery life, and the battery was yeah, gigantic. And there, and there wasn't no, there was no maps. It was basically no. like you came from that direction, so go back that way. <laughs> right. I'm like, well, that's there's no road there, right? So. You have to charge it all the time. It's so funny yeah. how how the technology has changed drastically. In the mm-hmm. last, mm-hmm. you know, 10, 12 years, you know, my first running watch was that Garmin, that forerunner, you know, the giant, yeah. giant forerunner that gave you yeah. three hours of battery life. Yeah. And then you charged all the time and it was huge. It weighed like 40 pounds. You had one arm that was bigger than the other because it would carry that thing yeah. around. Yeah. And now. Yeah. You and know, you couldn't wear gloves or anything like no, that. You couldn't. Took up, you couldn't wear long sleeves. Right. You couldn't because you, couldn't get, your, you yeah. couldn't get your shirt over the gigantic yeah. GPS thing yeah. you're wearing. And now, yeah. you know, we've got watches that are getting, you know, 72 hours on full GPS tracking it's, that are tiny. Insane. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Um, so you coach, you run when, when in your life, Adrian, do you discover the world of ultra marathons? Um, so, so I was coaching 
and um to just to get us there yeah. um i i was coaching uh, but that was uh that was still a part-time job uh i, I i'm an accountant yeah so i i was doing accounting and uh my vision was to work at the university and coach at the university so yeah you know as an accountant and but my accounting job kept getting further and further away and uh eventually i had to quit because i was like getting up getting to work at like seven or something yeah. work until three driving an hour coaching for like two or three hours driving back so i was gone like 12 13 hours a day and then in new england you know it's not like where i am now in raleigh durham where it's like well there's duke and 20 minutes away is you know you know uh unc which right. is where i work and then there's nc state it's like okay i've got to drive from new hampshire to rhode island for a meet uh so basically six days a week all the time whether it's coaching or working and so i, I eventually gave it up and that that was the first time in my life that i hadn't been involved in a team yeah uh, either on it or coaching it and and I lasted about a year and I was running a lot and I like racing a lot. Uh, at that time it was like 5k, 10k, 10 miles. Yeah. Uh, so I was like running like 110 miles a week and uh, I was supposed to do the Mount Washington road race, which um, is basically just under eight miles and it's just straight up yeah. Mount Washington, which is the second highest peak in the East Coast. And like three or four days before that, I, I, I had a, like a nervous breakdown uh, related to running. I just was like, I don't want to do it anymore. Like, I I don't know what happened. I just broke down crying. I, I called my parents and I was going to say we're going to be there. And I was just like, I don't want to do it. Whoa. So, and, uh, so there's a running a part of your life, your whole life. Mm -hmm. And you're running 110 mile weeks. You're, you're in shape. You're, you're you're showing up at the local 5Ks and the 10Ks and mowing people down. Can you look back? How many years ago was this that the the break happened? This was um about ten or twelve years. So this 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 sort of happened again, but not as severe. But this, um yeah, it was about 2010. Um, I I there you know there were other things going on in my life as far as like i felt like i was working a lot yeah. and um didn't really have that much to show for it uh as far as uh money was being spent that i wasn't aware of right yeah uh, things like that and uh and again not being part of a team and so i i just was like yeah i i, I don't want to do this and so i stopped running and it was like five or six years i didn't run i gained like 60 pounds wow um, yeah I, I really resonated with uh your last guest dana uh in a lot of ways yeah um and so i just kind of started working a lot and the company i was working for the utility company i was doing accounting for them they kept buying more companies but not hiring more people so i was working more and more and more they never do that they're like you know what who needs more <laughs> right. people just dump the workload on the people we have. Yeah, yeah. And I was at a point, like, I, I've always kind of had an attitude of, like, it, it's interesting because my philosophy basically uh, with running has always been, and, and it's transformed from, like, an excuse into, like, a good thing. But um, 
you know, like I always felt like a big fish in a small pond. Like I'm like, I'm really good. But if I was to go to some big division one program, I'm getting my butt kicked. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. I'm a nobody there. Right. Uh, so I think as, as when I was young, I, it was kind of an excuse as a, like, I don't have to work that hard. You know, I'm doing fine. Right. And every, there's always going to be somebody better where I think now I look at that and it's more of a, like, you don't need to obsess about like every mile and every workout. And, you know, you're going to reach your goals. You've set realistic goals. You're not going to be, you know, winning Western States. Right. You know, so I, it, it, it's interesting how that's kind of evolved into something that I, I feel like I used an ex, as an excuse. And now I feel like it's a healthy way to look at things. But, um, but yeah, I, I just started working all the time, not running, gaining weight, uh, my shoulders were killing me. Like I just like hunched over like counting at yeah. a desk, like, uh, my back was hurting. And, um, and so then a f- about five years later, then I felt like I, I don't, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't say it as a, like a medically, <laughs> the medical de- definition of, uh, of a nervous breakdown, but yeah. then I had more of a, like, uh, you know, a, a, a break, a breakdown of like, I feel awful. I'm yeah. 33 at this point. I'm in an unhealthy relationship that I'm not happy with. And this is going to be the rest of my life. Like I, wow. I that's how I felt. Yeah. I, I was like, and I would go into our basement and I would just cry. I would just like, you know, this is my life. I don't know what to do. Like I never like attempted suicide or anything, but I, I was at a point where it's like, well, if I died, yeah, that'd, that'd be fine with me. Right. Yeah. You were worried that this miserable existence you were living in mm-hmm. with a relationship that wasn't fulfilling anymore, mm-hmm. working all the time, and a big chunk of what made you you for the longest time was missing as well because running was just, I'm done. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and so... It was, uh, I, I know that this is probably controversial to say, but I, I grew up Catholic. Um, my parent, my parents are Catholic, yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know, uh, you know, Sunday school, like altar server, like yeah. all that. Um, and so, I, I, in, in some ways, I felt like I, I, I'm being punished. Like I deserve this. Like this is, like this is what why this is happening is because I've I've done something and I'm being punished at this point. Um, and it just took one day. I was just down in the basement, like just crying and just bawling. And I, it, suddenly it was like, wait, like I, I did this. Like these are, this is because I made these decisions. Like I'm the one that stopped running. I'm the one that's like working all this time. I'm the one that's still in this relationship. The only way it's going to change is if I do something. And, and, and that really, for me, was like, oh, like, <laughs> I can fix this. Like, it, it really struck me of, like, I just need to s- stop feeling like I deserve this and that I'm being punished for something and just, all right, what are the issues and what can I change and how do I how do I change? And, like, how do I get better? Uh, and so at that point, I I... I basically went on 
basically I resigned from my job. I had a really good relationship with my company because I had done a lot of work for them. Yeah. And then, um, they, I, so they gave me a good severed package. Uh, and I took a few months to like try and get healthy, went to rehab and like, uh, physical rehab, yeah. uh, you know, things like that, uh, physical therapy and things like that. Uh, and I still wasn't really working. And then <laughs> this was in New Hampshire and we just ended up having like the worst winter, like, and it snowed all the time and I couldn't run. I couldn't go anywhere. And so at that point I was like, I got to move. I got to get out of here. Like, yeah. Uh, so I moved, um, to, to North Carolina. My brother at that point had moved down to, um, to Raleigh, uh, cause his, uh, fiance at the time, uh, was going to NC state. Um, and so I, I moved to Raleigh, even though I would have much preferred to, to, to move to like the Asheville area. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, I was married, still married at the time and, and her, her parents had bought um, some land down in New Bern. So it was kind of like middle, you know, between the mountains, right where my brother was and, yeah. you know, a few hours from then. And when I came down here, I, I much like Dana, I, I just started walk, walking like every day, like three times a day. Like I would wake up, I would walk for like an hour. Um, there were some good, um, you know, uh, greenways. And yeah. then at lunchtime at work, I would walk. And after work, I would walk. <laughs> and so I did that. And I don't know, like maybe six months into it, I, I, I started feeling better. Um, but it took me maybe like a year and a half to start, start running again. And then, and, and so it's funny because I, I went and I started running with this group, the trailheads, which is a local trail running group. Yeah. And again, when I first started with them, I was very slow. Um, but it didn't take me long to, uh, get faster. Yeah. But most of these guys were ultra runners. And I was like, this is dumb. Like, <laughs> like what? Like, if I want to run a race, I want to run a race. Like, why would I want to do a race where I'm walking? Like, this is stupid. <laughs> right. Like, I didn't get it. Like, for the longest time, I was like, I, I love them. I, I love going out there, but I would get frustrated. You know, when I first started running with them, I was like, okay, this is a group that I can run with. And then later, I was like, really fast again. I was like, why are we running 12 minutes? Yeah. Like, I just didn't understand. I didn't have any concept of, like, what that was and why you would do that. Um, And so for a long time, I did, like, 10 to 20-mile races and did really well, like, top three in a lot of races. But then I fell off again. Um, Well... We kind (laughs) of... Sorry to keep doing the shaggy dog story. No, you're good. You're good. You're good. Okay. (laughs) So in 2000... 14, I was doing uh, a 12 mile trail race. And this, this uh, ties into like my YouTube channel. <laughs> I was doing a trail race and it was like 32, 33 degrees. It was freezing rain. I was wearing like short split shorts <laughs> and a singlet. Uh, and so we started this race called the mountains to sea uh, trail race. And about a mile into it, we crossed like this wooden bridge and, uh, there's like a 90 degree turn, like right at the end of the bridge. And so I pivoted, my foot slipped a little bit and then it caught and my body rotated around and my Ooh. foot did not. <laughs> Ooh. And I, I, I heard this, it sounded like a, a pine, like you stepped on a pine branch, like just uh, this snap. 
and I fell like right on my like right on my face like I was doing a push up like yeah. right on my face. And so I so again I'm like in the top like three or four of the race and so I push up and like these two guys like swoop down. I'm like what are you doing? Like keep going. <laughs> and they're like oh you need help. I'm like no I don't I'm fine. And they're like no you're not. <laughs> so I I sit back uh and you know kind of put my knees up and um I look down and my left foot it just walked over like completely to the outside like it was not it was not connected anymore oh wow uh, so i ended up with a um a, a trimal fracture so i tibia fibia and the talus bone um all destroyed uh and this is actually how i met my current wife yeah <laughs> um she was volunteering uh at the race she was doing uh, a kind of packet pickup pre-race and so uh i was on the ground and then these two guys kind of picked me up and started kind of limping me back and i felt bad because again i was at the beginning we were in the first mile yeah and i was in the front so then all the people in the race <laughs> i was then going by me right looking at my floppy ankle right and i was like oh god this is not a if this is your first trail race, this is not going to be a good experience. <laughs> uh, so they, you know, they have my, my arms around their shoulders and, and we get, you know, a hundred feet, 200 feet, something like that. And I was like, I can't hold myself up. And so they're like, so then they put their arms like under my knees and like started carrying me a little bit more. And I was like, I, I'm going to, I can't do, I, mean, I can't, I can't hold myself up. And because they were carrying me. My foot was like flopping right. around. Yeah. Like, uh, so they put me down. The two, these two guys, great guys. Um, so I don't hold this next thing against them. Uh, but so they put me down and uh, they're kind of looking at each other. And one guy says, well, I'm going to run back to the start and, and tell, cause we're, you know, we're like a mile from the yeah. start and like, and tell somebody that you're yeah. out here. And so he takes off. And about 10 seconds later, the other guy's like, I'm going to go too. <laughs> And he left. <laughs> and so I'm in the woods, like by myself. In a in singlet. The in the freezing yep. rain. In a yep. singlet in split shorts. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I just like was like, well, okay. So I, I got my hands and knees and I like started crawling. And eventually Margaret came out. Um, so they, they, so Margaret had a party to go to early later that day. And she was like getting in her car and the race director was like, Hey, I've got a down runner. Can you go out and wait with her? Wait with him. Yeah. And, uh, so she was like, ah, fine. So she went out there and, uh, yeah. And that's how we met. And, uh, it, 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 it was crazy. Uh, I was, again, I, I didn't feel a thing. I mean, it was so cold and I was in chalk and I was like <laughs> in a good mood. <laughs> and, uh, so she, she came out there and she was waiting for me. And then the, the paramedic came out and he was like, uh, Oh, he got all this equipment out and he's like taking things out. And I'm like, Oh, I can tell you my heart rate. I still have my Garmin on. <laughs> and he's like, don't do that. And so I was like, all right, fine. And, uh, I was like, at this point, I was like laying on my back and I was like, oh, my back is hurting. Like, what's going on with my back? And I realized I had a hydration belt on with like two soft, two flasks in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, ah, so I like took it off and I just handed it to Margaret. Like, I was like, here. Right. And yeah, I was like, I, I didn't know her at all. I was like, here's my stuff. 
And then um, the the guy, he walks off. He's like walking around. I'm like, what is he doing? And uh, he, he was looking for a stick for like a, a splint. Yeah. <laughs> and so then he came back and he like took my shoe off and he gave it to Margaret. Like, here's a shoe. <laughs> right, so, right. So in the end, she, she had all this stuff. And uh, like a couple weeks later, she, she still had it. And she got in touch with me through Facebook and, and came and dropped it off. And then uh, a couple weeks after that was the Boston Marathon. She came and watched that with me, and that, that's kind of how that whole thing started. It all started um, with hypothermia and a snapped yeah, leg. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Do you want to see a floppy foot and some uh, yeah, hypothermia? Yeah. Oh, yeah, she handled it very well. Um, but, uh, yeah, so now I have – I had to have surgery. Well, so – uh, I had to have surgery. Um, they, they basically later that, well, they had to set it that day, Yeah, um, which was a Sunday, which was a nightmare. It took forever. Um, <laughs> and, um, and then, then I had a meeting and, and they were like, well, you can just let it heal or we can do surgery. But in either case, you're not going to run again. Uh, and I was like, uh, that's not happening. <laughs> yeah. And let's get this surgery done. Uh, and it was very expensive. And I'm still paying for it, but I'm running. Um, but so that again, shaggy dog story. But yeah, so that's that's how I met my wife. And then for, for, with running with her, she was into road marathons. So I started doing road marathons. And but because of this imbalance I now have of this metal ankle that doesn't have the same range of motion, uh, probably seven or eight marathons i was training for and i get a stress fracture the month before the race like over and over and over again wow yeah and uh and i just i think 2018 i i ended up doing my first 50k like on my birthday but like shortly after that i just stopped running again because i was just like i'm just i'm sick of this like i'm doing all the work and then breaking something right or i'm tearing a muscle um, so I didn't start running again until like 2020. And at that point, like much like Dana, like I couldn't run really. Like I could, I was walking fast. Like I was like, I'm going to just walk. Yeah. Uh, and then I could do like half a, you know, half a minute and then walk and then a minute and walk. And like, and it took me a long time to build. And, and so then I started thinking about, I was like, all right, what am I going to do? Like, I, first of all, I'm really out of shape. I'm not as fast as I was. I don't think it's going to be very motivating for me to go out there and, you know, you know, everybody has their own frame of reference yeah. as far as like what they're happy with. And I was like, I'm not going to be able to go out there and, you know, run, you know, a 122 half marathon or something like that. Uh, so I was like, well, I can walk pretty fast. <laughs> <laughs> so then, then the ultra running all made sense. I was like, <laughs> okay, this is where I'm at. This is my speed. I feel like I could do this all day, uh, and I can finish. And it's something I hasn't done. Be- I haven't done before, so I don't have this like, oh, now I'm not going to be that good at it. Like, because anything I did was like my best, <laughs> right? But how hard was it to adjust from? I mean, we talked about it earlier in the episode. You were a middle school kid racing with high schoolers. You were a middle, middle school kid on the high school cross country team. 
Yeah. You had seen success and you were fast. I mean, you saw success. You won conference. I mean, you were the kid who ran. That's who you were. You were the kid who mm. ran, the fast kid. Your 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 girlfriend's dad said it. You're the fastest kid he'd ever seen run. <laughs> now, because of of this injury, that speed is gone. You are no longer the fastest kid in town. Mm. How was it adjusting to the new reality of if I want running to be a part of my life, I'm going to have to be okay with not being fast? Um, I, yeah, I, I, I think part of the thing that helped uh, was the community here is really fast. Yeah. So again, I that that philosophy that I mentioned earlier came into play of like. Well, I'm not going to be as fast as these guys anyway. <laughs> yeah. you know, so that kind of helped. Like, well, no matter what you do, you're not top dog. Yeah. So that 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 kind of helped. Um, you know, uh, I I also felt really lucky that my wife was really into running, and then I had stopped, and so like we used to run all the time together, and. And since I had stopped running, I, I had missed that. Yeah. So there was that aspect of it. We, we joke because <laughs> she's getting faster and faster and faster. Like when we met at, I think right after we met, she ran like a 401 marathon and now she's running like low 320s. Wow. And yeah. And I think she's going to break 320s pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm doing this ultra stuff and getting slower and slower. <laughs> uh, so I run with her in our easy days, but that was something that really, I really missed. I really, I really missed doing that with her. Um, and again, I, I gained a lot of weight and I, I, I felt like I was going back to that place of like, I'm unhappy with myself. I'm unhappy with my, not again, not with my relationship in this, this instance, but like, I feel like garbage. Uh, I feel like I look like garbage. Uh, and, and I just didn't want to be in that place again, where it was like, so I felt like, again, not having speed expectations as far as like comparing myself to previous runs um not wanting to feel terrible wanting to share things with my wife uh, i think those all helped um and yeah I, it it was i and, and you know being the introvert and also love being in the woods i think i took me back to that as well like i can go out here and i can run three four five hours and some of the places out here, not so much Unstead, which is the race I'm running, but like the Mountains to Sea Trail around here, I can run four, five, six hours and not see a single person out yeah. there. Which, <laughs> if you follow my Strava, not recently, but when I do run out there, I'm like, oh, this is perfect. <laughs> I didn't see anybody in six hours. Um, so I, I, I really like that. Uh, you know, as much as I do like interacting with people, especially people that watch the YouTube channel, like I, I just like. I love being out there by myself and just, uh, you know, getting lost and like thinking about like listening to music or just thinking about things and think about like video ideas. A lot of times the videos I do, I'm just like, Oh, this is what I'm thinking about now. Let's talk about it. Um, but yeah, that, that kind of stuff really helped me get back into it. And then also like, Oh, well I haven't ever run this far before, uh, or I haven't done a race with, like setting different metrics, I guess, like, I, oh, the, well, this race has 10,000 feet of gain. I don't think I've done a race with that much, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, I've always been somebody who uh, who has been 
and just thought like the harder the race, the better. Like, yeah, you know, not that anybody can do any race, but like, oh, I'd rather do a race where it's like, can I do this race as opposed to how fast can I do this race? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's what I like about trail running and tra- ultra in particular. I want to I want to ask you a question because this popped in my head and we got on a riff and I I didn't yeah. want to didn't want to leave without asking you this and we'll, sure. I want to talk about the YouTube channel. Um, sure. When you had had that break all those years ago, that that mental breakdown, weren't mm-hmm. happy with your job, weren't happy with your relationship, you weren't running, you weren't happy with yourself change is never easy for anybody right change Mm. is hard some people some people adapt to change a little better than others some people fight it with everything but making that first step to change is hard Mm. what was what was harder for you leaving your job that 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 security of that employment Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. leaving that relationship you were in or lacing up the shoes again after all those years Oh, um, well, the relationship didn't end until a few years later. Yeah. Um, but, uh, that was definitely, uh, I think a contributing factor. The job wasn't hard at all. <laughs> I, I am somebody who I will do a good job and I like doing a good job. I, I don't like, uh, you know, like I want to do what's required of me and I want to be helpful and I want to be a, a good employee. But as far as like, you know, I'm also on the, the realistic end of like, well, if I walked out the door tomorrow, here comes Bob right, <laughs> doing the same right, thing. Right. Like I don't really have that kind of, uh, fulfillment in my life from my job. Yeah. Um, I, so that, you know, I, I, like being good at what I do, but I feel like I can be good at what I do in a good environment. You yeah, know? yeah. Like yeah. if I feel like I'm working, you know, 60, 70, 80 hours a week, no, that's not healthy for me. Right, exactly. Um, so if I can go somewhere else and run, work 40 hours a week and still, you know, feel like I'm putting in the same effort and, and yeah. being as effective, I'm going to do that. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Um, and it's really interesting because uh, earlier time, my wife and I were talking about like doing ultras and, and she was saying, and like, she works really hard to do these marathons. And I was like, yeah, like, I, like I did a, a video a few months ago about like 75 mile weeks, like what I do versus what she does. And, and it's like, I'm doing the same amount of work, but the work that I do is not as hard. Right, right. Um, so yeah, so it's like, I, I, I feel like that with my job as well. Like where it's like, I will put in the work, but the easier, to... <laughs> <laughs> right. you know, you know, like I, I just, again, with somebody with anxiety and being an introvert, like I just, I, I say this to the people I work for as well. It's like, I would rather just have, here's my stack of work and I do it as opposed to like all this like complicated, stressful stuff. So um, so yeah, I think main, maintaining and establishing a, a, a routine exercise kind of routine, um, was the hardest, uh, especially because, uh, 
uh, I always joke that when I moved from New Hampshire, it was like one of the worst winters ever. And I moved to like, uh, you know, North Carolina. And so I, I, I'm always like, I moved from the Arctic Circle to the equator. <laughs> like, I True. just have a really hard time like running here in the summer. And I, I do 70, 80% of my running on the treadmill. It's, you know, I grew up in Wisconsin and moving to mm-hmm. Tennessee. I've lived in Tennessee now for 18 years. Summers are different down here. And yeah. I am not a hot weather runner at no, all. No. I'm not yeah. good at it. I fall apart. I cannot go anywhere nearly as fast. So I, I feel you on the complete change in climate. Us northern boys, when we come down to the south, and let me tell yeah. you, best people in the world down here, I mm. love living in Tennessee. Uh, taxes are low. That's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cost of living is low. Um, but yeah, that, those summers, it's hard to get used to those summers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I... Well, another the other thing that I I found was an adjustment was um, in New England and probably in Wisconsin. Like you race in the summer, like that's yeah. when you. And down here, it's the complete opposite. Like right. you can't find a five k in June, July, August. right? <laughs> like yeah. So that yeah, that was also an adjustment. Um, so, but yeah, I I I people are like how do you run on a treadmill for like 50, 60 miles? I'll do a 30 mile long run on my treadmill. And I'm like, how do you do that? And it's like, well, I've got, let's see, one, two, three, four, five fans in here. I've got the house <laughs> air conditioning and another air conditioning unit in the window. Right. I've got a, the TV like two feet from my face. I've got my headphones in. I just, you know, I'll watch like Star Wars trilogy. I'll watch like, right, Lord of the right, Rings. Right. Like, I just and I have this table that my computer's on now. It's set up as an aid station. I have my my water bottles and my gels and everything. Everything I could need is like right here. I don't have to stop. I don't have to go back to the truck and restock anything. So, yeah. <laughs> but summer running down here is the worst. It's 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 brutal. That's for sure. Yeah. Adrian, what wanted to make an introvert with anxiety issues launch a YouTube channel? Uh, I've always been interested in doing a YouTube channel uh, for a long time. Uh, you want to hear people comment on your looks, the camera angle and all that stuff. Oh goodness. You know, the worst is like, if you try to compare an Apple watch to a Garmin, people flip out (laughs) (laughs) and it's like, and it's like, I am not saying that the Apple watch is better. I'm saying that if you don't, if you don't have something, and you want a good watch all around that can also like I run 11 mile, I mean, 11 hour, like 50 milers with an Apple watch and it's Apple watch ultra yeah. and it's fine. You know, it's how dare you? End. you? How you don't have dare to. you? <laughs> yeah. So that was, that's been the most like, uh, uh, like, Whoa, these people are like really offended that you would even try something other than a Garmin. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I'm somebody who, uh, uh, I, for years I was just like, well, YouTube is just like instructional videos or cat yeah. stuff. Um, and I, I mentioned earlier, like I'm a car guy. And so I, I was watching some kind of, um, you know, like how to kind of thing. And I was like, oh, this person's really entertaining. Yeah. And so like, I started watching more of their stuff and like other stuff. And I was just like, well, you know, I prefer this over regular television. Like, yeah. I hate television. <laughs> like, just like scripted stuff and just like, 
you know, contrived stories and, you know, not that I'm like this great writer or anything like that. If you watch my YouTube videos, it's just kind of like I said earlier, yeah. like, oh, here's what I'm thinking about today. So I don't have any illusion that I'm better than that. It's just what I'm drawn to. And uh, I always thought I was going to start a car YouTube channel. Um, I'd done a couple of videos. And then I kind of realized oh, I don't have the money. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, like, right. I don't have, I cannot come up with content without buying anything. And it's not going to be like, uh, here I'm rotating my tires. Right. Uh, like, uh, so, be, but in 2000, like nine, 10, I did have a blog briefly and it was kind of like that kind of stuff. Here's how you change your oil. Here's how you change the time. So I always thought it was going to be about cars. Uh, and then when I started doing the ultras again, uh, I think the, the one thing that kind of pushed me over the edge on like, okay, let me at least start this and see if it's anything I'm interested in is, uh, in, uh, 2021, I did Pikes Peak. Yeah. And I was like, I want to record this. Like, this has like been something that's on my list, um, uh, that I've wanted to do forever. And so I really want to record that, and I feel like it would be kind of interesting. Uh, unfortunately, the sound on the camera didn't work, so <laughs> it's just music and some stuff on the screen. I mean, right. you can see what's happening, yeah. but, you, yeah. you know, it's just words on the screen. Um, and I think I use copyrighted music, so, I, you know, again, I'm not at the level where I'm, like, making any money on it anyway. Yeah. But uh, So that, that was really interesting. Uh, so... So in 2021, I think I recorded that and maybe a couple of other ultra marathons. And then 2022, I was like, I'm just going to do one video a week. Um, I race mm, probably once a month, most months. Yeah. So I was like, well, there's some built-in content. Right, right. And then other things are just like some training stuff. Occasionally I do some like reviews, um, but it's more um, just stuff I use. It's not like... Yeah. Oh, well, so-and-so sent me this or, right. oh, well, everybody's doing this. So I, I need to do that. Um, it's just like, oh, I, I found this like T8 running, like ultra running clothes from Hong Kong. And it's amazing, especially like you were saying for hot weather, it's, that's what it's made for. And I was yeah. like, this is great. Um, and so a couple of shoes, uh, some packs, like some you yeah. know, running packs, um, and, uh, but but mostly just like here's my training and or a few tips like how to learn from your ultra running and like how to manage like back to back like 75 mile weeks and um so i i feel like to get back to your question i feel like it's it's kind of my way of coaching now that i'm not really involved in an organized program i do a little bit of uh coaching i coach a few guys um but i i it's like we were saying earlier about um, how people perceive you. And there's also like things that you do all the time that you just don't even think about. Yeah. And then you'll run into somebody like I'll run into somebody who's also training for the ultra marathon. And um, I was talking about gators and I'm like, Oh, I've never used gators before. You should do a video on that. And you're like, Oh, I never even thought about that. Right. Right. It's just second nature yeah. to you. So I like to do that kind of stuff kind of geared towards like, more beginners or people who have been doing it for a little while and probably don't know all the ins and outs of like, Oh, this is like pacing. Like I, I use a, uh, ultra pacer.com website to yeah. help pace just things like that. Um, so I, I just find it fun, like talking about it and 
Yeah, it's a good it's a good old time. Yeah. You can yeah. see, you can find Adrian on YouTube by the way, Mount Tin Man. You can find him on YouTube. Mount Tin. Two separate words. Tin Man like my ankle made tin out of metal. Man. Just made out yeah. of metal Tin Man. <laughs> tin Man, he's the Tin Man who runs mountains. That's how it all comes together. Uh before I let you go, Adrian, you said sure. you're a car guy. Um yeah. what is your what is your daily driver? I have three cars. <laughs> and then my wife has a car. I have a Jeep Gladiator that okay. I drive. That's in my videos a lot. Uh, I have a uh, heavily modified uh, Mazda Miata. Ooh. Uh, the, first, the, the first gen. Nice. And then I, I have a 1977 Datsun B10, B210. Uh, so I love nice. Datsuns and yeah, <laughs> I've got everything. And I've got a couple of 70s motorcycles too. Nice. Very nice. There's a there's a YouTuber, uh, a car YouTuber. Do you, do you know Scotty Kilmer? Yes. Yep. Yeah. He just moved to my hometown. Oh, did he really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So all of a sudden, I'm, I'm I'm watching one of his videos, and he is the most clickbaity car oh, yeah. guy oh, ever. Yeah. Like this yeah. is the worst car to ever buy. And, yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And his, his 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 videos all start the same. Rev up your yeah. engines. Um, <laughs> and I was looking back, and I'm watching the video. I'm like. Wait, that looks familiar. And he's like, "We just moved to Clarksville," and I'm like, "Oh my god!" Is he reviewing my car right, right. now? <laughs> Wait, is that me in the background? Did, did I not turn around the whole time? Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. You've ruined just oh, a very small hilarious. world. It's all full circle yeah. for you, man. I wish you the best of luck on, on oh, your YouTube you. channel. Thank Hope you so crush much. it. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm creeping up there. Yeah, uh, getting closer to 400. Uh, last year it's in it's you know Umstead 100 which I'm doing in like a week and a half. Yeah. Last year when I was running the race, I was like I have nine subscribers, so <laughs> it's getting it's getting there. I, I'm happy with the growth. I, I I figure I feel like it's it's been pretty steady, and I I, I feel like I wouldn't have wanted to go too much faster. Uh, yeah. Because you know learning skills and like trying to improve the quality <laughs> before I have a huge audience and I'm like this is garbage. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny because you know you know doing podcasts, I'll listen to other people's podcasts and I'll see trends and and I I, I try to I don't want to the adventure jogger is different today than it was when I launched it, and mm-hmm. the adventure jogger was different than the East Coast Trail and Ultra podcast that I just kind of it's kind of this evolution is it keeps kind mm-hmm. of moving and and modifying and all that kind of stuff. So I certainly can can appreciate the you know growth and change and but being slow about it. Yeah, definitely.